This season, we've been sharing a bit of our story. For those of you just joining us, let me summarize a bit. I was a polarizing professor of biblical studies at the world's largest evangelical Christian university, and although I had a form of godliness, God's transformative power was limited in my life. It was similar to Mark 6, 5 through 6, where Mark tells us that Jesus could not perform many miracles because of their unbelief. I don't believe that my will is strong enough to thwart God's, but the more that I interact with the God of the Bible through prayer, the more I'm convinced that he is extremely patient and kind, gently shepherding us at what would seem to any other person as a painfully slow process. So it wasn't that I was believing in the wrong God, or for the most part, wrong in my theology. Rather, I was simply not understanding how to get out of the way so that God could do the work he longed to do in and through me. So as I began to listen in prayer, I began to experience exponential healing and growth in my spiritual life, so much so that I realized that leading others to listen in prayer might be a way that would be a quick path to emotional and psychological healing with my students. And because my class sizes were up to 400 students from many diverse backgrounds, and an amazing pool of people to pray through things with. And each time I prayed through things with someone, something mind-blowing happened that made the Bible come alive. And while I was praying that God would make me invisible so that his work would not be hindered, I felt no pushback for praying in my large classes and for baptizing students on the pond and campus. And I felt it'd be soon that maybe God would have us take the next step and begin holding prayer meetings not just in our house, but on campus. And what better place to do that than in our brand new Divinity Tower? But I wondered, what would the administration think? Would they be open when they start seeing what's happening? Would I experience the same thing that Jesus did when he couldn't minister because of their unbelief? In today's episode, Jen and I are going to discuss what happened when we took the next step and got permission to do listening and inner healing prayer from our school's administration. It did not go as expected. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we'll share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. So Jen, why don't you give us a little bit of background just to get a feel of what was going on when we decided it was time to ask permission to pray through things with people. So we've been talking about you praying and just introducing listening prayer to your whole class. And then from that, that was really leading to a lot of individual like follow-up sessions for you and I and meeting with people just Mm one-on-one. And so because of that interest, we thought, well, maybe we should start doing something like every month at our house. And so we started opening that up to your class and saying, if you want to come over to our house, we're just going to pray through this passage and just kind of talk about what's happening and answer your questions. And that was just a really cool era, just seeing so many, just week by week, just feeling like there's just miraculous things and just breakthrough happening in our living room. Mm -hmm. And it was really growing. It got to be 20, 30, 40 people in our little house sometimes. And so also during that time, just because of interest of people saying, you know, how can we go further with this so that as students, we can pray with other students. So we'd started something called Prayer Forge, which was just to kind of work further with just just training and discussing different questions about what we're doing and listening in prayer. So after all that year of having this at our house that just was kind of exploding in our living room and having this Prayer Forge, we thought, I think it's time to take this to a bigger room. And you said, well, what if we just met in the Divinity Tower and just took this meeting from our house over to campus? Yeah. And so we were thinking about that and then 
something happened. So my son got sick and had temperature 103 and we're trying to pray and figure out what should we do here? I hate to cancel things if we can continue on. And so I had just gotten over the flu and we're trying to figure out, we had some older folks from our church coming as well. We thought people do not want to pack into our living room whenever some of us have gotten over sickness and some of us haven't. And and so we thought, well, why don't, why don't we use the tower? I have a key card. I can get in. We can go and just do it tonight, kind of rogue. Don't get permission for it and just use the facility. And, and that's what we did. So when we decided to hold this meeting in the Divinity Tower, it just felt symbolic because I was one of the professors who had been asked to dedicate the tower just two days prior. And I had prayed that that tower would become a lasting symbol of the revival that God would do on our campus. And with the things that we're experiencing in our meeting, I really believed that that very meeting could be the prayer meeting that would lead our campus to healing and revival, and that even out of this meeting, our nation and the world could maybe experience healing and revival. So I believe that you stayed home. I don't remember if you stayed home. I know someone took care of our boys. We didn't just leave them there. We Someone stayed home and t- took care of the boys. And then I led this meeting along with the rest of the team, and it was an amazing success. We thought, wow, this was really great. We enjoyed the our church coming together and praying through things with folks as well. And at the same time, I really thought we can't do this again unless we get permission from the administration. So I shot a really pretty casual email off the department chair. I thought, well, I'll just play it on the down low. Who's going to say, no, you can't have a prayer meeting in the Divinity Tower? But yet he said, well, let me just get approval from the dean's office. And I thought, oh, great. Now, so now it's been escalated already. Okay, well, still, hopefully that will still be something simple and they'll just send an email back and say, yeah, you're good. But Jen, what happened? Well, you like to get simple permission for anything. You don't want to have to go before the whole board after any right. kind of decision. So he told me pretty soon after that, they were going to call all the deans together and just have a meeting, discuss it. They wanted to hear what your plans were and they just kind of wanted to hear that out and figure out what they thought about it. And so I thought, please let me go with you. Like, I just want to be in that room. I want to be support to you and I want to be able to just explain for ourselves what it is that we're seeing because I didn't want it to be denied without being heard out. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know, was this going to be an exciting startup or more likely is this going to be a shutting down of everything here? So we came together and we went into this little glass room. It overlooks the entire tower. And when we came in, all the deans of the School of Divinity were there around the table and as we started talking, Jen, how would you say that the meeting went overall as we were talking through things? Pretty good. I felt like they were just kind of like quiet but curious, and they just gave us a lot of time to talk, ask questions. We spent a whole hour really just sharing, like, this is what we've been seeing, and this is what's been happening. This has been some of the feedback. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like this was going too well. I thought, like, I need to be transparent here about what's going on because I know the first meeting that we have – something outside of the categories and boxes of this school is going to happen and then it's going to come back and they're going to think that I did something I shouldn't do. So I thought I needed to share a story. And so I shared what we call the squishy tree story. And I'm kicking his foot under this glass conference table, hoping that no one's going to see what's going on. But I'm just thinking like, no, 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 don't, you don't, don't go that far. You don't need to share that story. But I knew I needed to do something, something odd that would help them to understand like this is the kind of thing that happens every single week. So here's a story I shared. We were asked just a few months before to meet with a leadership team of one of the girls' dorms. And so we're praying through things with them and it seemed like a really great meeting. They were sharing the things that God was speaking to them about and they were working through things. And as the meeting was wrapping up, one girl came back to us and she said, I think everybody got something except for me. 
All I got was a tree. Could a tree be something that the Lord's trying to speak to me about? Because everybody else had shared something out loud. Right. Uh, we sat down together and I said, well, let's let's see. Maybe maybe a tree could be something the Lord has for you. And so as we're praying, I start asking questions about the tree and asking the Lord about the tree and nothing's happening. And then I remember, if you remember back to the episode about Emily, where she had all those dark trees around her and she was able to reach out and touch them, they crumbled. I'd had another prayer session where trees had come up again and someone said they couldn't touch the trees because they were gross, but they were able to pick up the stick and poke it and went really deep into the tree and it was really soft and disgusting, slimy into the tree. And that symbolized something else. But for her, so I thought, well, maybe the trees could be something symbolic. And I said, thought, well, maybe she could interact with a tree. And so I asked, well, can you touch it? And she said, yeah, it's squishy. And so I said, Lord, would you show her? Why is the tree squishy? And then all of a sudden her eyes lit up and she got excited and she said, oh, this tree's the tree I crashed my car into. It, my car was totaled, but I was perfectly safe and it represents God's protection and his branches go out in every way and he protects me in so many different ways. And, and so I said, yeah, I, I think that could be the Lord speaking to you. And she, and she knew it at that point too, that this was the Lord speaking to her about how much he cared for her and how much he protected her. So the amazing thing, is after I shared the squishy tree story and looked around the table, I thought, okay, we'll see what happens here. I've really done it. And I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. You sound crazy now. You've really done it. And so I thought, we'll see, see what they say. And they actually went around the table one at a time. And you know, one of the, the guys who was the dean at the time, the acting dean at the time, he was you know, someone who has been here since the founding of the university. And he went around each person. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? And Everyone said, oh, yeah, I'm cool. I'm good with it. It's good. And one guy, though, said, like, I don't know. You know, I went to Word of Life, and we were kind of taught certain things. But I know that God works in these ways, and I know I shouldn't have any hesitation. So, yeah, I'm fine with it, too. I'm fine with it, too. After they spent a little time discerning and praying about it, they came back with, don't start a church on campus. Watch out for hyper-everything, hyper-Calvinists, hyper-Catholics. We're trusting you with this. And they gave us permission to start meeting. And so we chose to have these meetings start at 9 and go to 11. 9 to 11 was this great window because everything else was shut down. And because we were on campus, we usually would run about 60 students and half of them had come and the other half had never come before. And the neat thing was, as we prayed through things with the students, things were happening. And then we would split off and train them on how to pray through things with each person. And we treated them as a prayer team. And you remember, too, at that time, our prayer team grew to maybe about 20 25-ish students who had experienced healing through prayer and now were wanting to go further. And you had this student team that was ministering to other students. Right. It was really cool. And we got to the point where I just had such confidence in this team to think, well, I don't even need to be there anymore. If you guys are doing it, I know you're going to do a great job. Let me know if you get hung up on anything, but I know you guys can do this. You can work through this and pray through things with people. And the neat thing was then that as they would do this, the, the college students were just so excited about this. They would even go home that night after the meetings. It would be like 1130 and they would start praying through things with their roommates. They would start praying through things with their RAs. And so it was really neat because I started meeting people after a while that had learned how to pray through what we were doing at the tower through the other, their other friends. They had never been to the tower themselves and they would actually come back and say, yes, I got healing because I prayed through things in this way. Just taking a small piece of what we were doing at the tower. As we look back on that meeting in the year that followed, we're floored at how open our deans were to God moving in ways outside of our experience. 
All throughout the campus before that, there were murmurings from the students that God was about to do something powerful. It was as though the students were thirsty for something bigger, and with the administration being open to God moving in new ways, nothing would be impossible. As you hear this story, can you relate to that feeling that God is calling you to do something that could bring persecution from your own people? Perhaps God is calling you to step out in a similar way. Right now, is God asking you to serve him despite what others may think? If so, let me encourage you to pray and to ask the Lord to show you his way forward and his timing. And let me encourage you, God has given his people the keys to the kingdom, and you might just be surprised what doors he will open as you step out in faith. Next week, we'll hear about how what was happening in the tower meetings went rippling out throughout the campus. And we'll have a former student who's still a part of our team to this day share what was going on as students took what they were learning at our tower meetings back to their roommates. Did you know that we often lead listening and inner healing prayer retreats and trainings? Who do you know that would benefit from these? Check us out at praythroughit.com events to see when we are going to be in your area. And if you don't see what you're looking for, email Dawn at drlove at praythroughit.com to discuss how we can minister to your family and friends. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.